G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. And I suspect this conversation coming over this next hour could be a life-transforming conversation. Uh, Not because it'll be particularly uh, energetic or exciting in the way that some people might think of excitement, but uh, we're going to be talking about one of those bread-and-butter issues that gets a Christian life uh, working from stagnation to empowerment. You know, at the beginning of a school and a working year, when things are uncertain economically, there's major changes to our social fabric, we may do well to get a handle on the issue of Christian prayer. We could be reminded of scriptures like Proverbs 16.3, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. Or Paul's words, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Well, we're talking uh, to Brian Pickering today and we'll take questions and comments you might like to contribute to our conversation as we open our talkback lines around issues of prayer. Brian Pickering leads the Australian Prayer Network and Brian has literally trained tens of thousands right up to advanced levels of prayer. He leads the Watchman Schools of Intercession. Brian, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Glad to be back. Uh, Brian, just give us a little reminder about the Australian Prayer Network, because at the end of this conversation, my suspicion is people will want to connect with you. But uh, give us an insight here into what the Australian Prayer Network does, how widespread it, it is, how it actually functions. Well, the Australian Prayer Network, we've been operating now in excess of 30 years. Uh, and uh, we are the largest uh, interdenominational prayer network in Australia and one of the largest in the, South, in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, we have up to 100,000 people that connect with us in various ways, either directly or through churches or through prayer groups or, or whatever. Uh, and we uh, resource them by sending them uh, information about what's happening around the world, what's happening around our nation. We cover the, the news stories that you listen to on the radio or watch on the television or read in the newspaper. We cover most of them from a Christian perspective. So we give the Christian angle to it. And that helps people to know how to pray. Uh, and uh, in addition to that, we have a, a national 24-hour prayer watch, which means for the last 23 years, uh, we've been having uh, 24-hour prayer seven days a week. Thousands of people are on that, and they commit to pray for one hour a week for our nation. So we're covering our nation in prayer 24-7 and have been for the last 23 years. I am always inspired that that 24-7 prayer happens around Australia, that you've got 100,000 praying Australians who are connected to the Australian Prayer Network 
uh, whether that be uh, through, as you say, individual groups, uh, through churches. Uh, that's a huge number of people that when there is a particularly important issue, you can call the Australian Prayer Network to pray. And uh, that's so inspiring, Brian. Hey, when it comes to us individually, uh, let's talk about how we might raise prayer in our own lives to a new level for 2023. I mean, some people will be thinking, my prayer life's pretty stagnant. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, I've had experiences or two here or there, but somehow or other, I just can't get that momentum. Uh, what's your thought here for people raising prayer to a new level this year? Yeah, it is, it is unfortunate that, uh, that most people uh, only pray when they're in desperate need. It's a last resort crying out to God for help in certain situations. Uh, and, and that's legitimate, um, but uh, it doesn't pay proper homage to a thing, uh, to, to prayer. A prayer is much more than an emergency call uh, to God for help. Uh, and, but most people, uh, there's two kinds of prayer. There's the kind of prayer which individuals engage in in, in communicating with God. Um, it's a personal thing. They, they do it every day uh, in their more, um, daily devotions. Uh, and that's important, and that's, uh, that's one aspect of prayer. In that kind of prayer, we mostly uh, pour out our heart to God, and we share with God what is on our heart, and we ask him to intervene and to, to change situations and so forth uh, to make our life uh, better and to make the world around us a little bit better. Uh, but then there's another uh, kind of prayer as well, and this is for people who take prayer much more seriously, uh, and they recognise that prayer is the way God changes the world. He changes our circumstances and the circumstances of the world through what we call prayer. So prayer is alive, if you like. It's like an electric line, a conduit of power that flows from the throne of God into the world. And we call it down in what we call prayer, talking to God, listening to God and so forth. But in that kind of prayer, uh, we seek to pray in what is on God's heart. Not just sharing what's on our heart, but ask God, what's on your heart? How do you view the world? What are the things you want me to pray about? And we pray in uh, and become that conduit of power between the throne room of God and the circumstances by praying what is on his heart into being in our world. Now, there's two levels you're talking about here and two groups of uh, believers. Uh, my suspicion is that the first group, the personal prayers, that's where most people are. And that's a little bit um, introductory. And uh, it's the sort of thing we all want to have and to start with and to see as a sustaining uh, area in our lives, even a therapeutic area, being a person who has that devotional prayer each day. But then you've got this other group, and my suspicion is, Brian, you're going to say it's a smaller group of believers who are the ones that recognise that prayer is important in God changing the world and praying and seeking him for his agenda. Is that the goal that we ought to have, to go from this just personal prayer to understanding that prayer takes us deeply into God's agenda? Uh, yes, I believe that's uh, that's what everyone should aim for. Although I do recognise that there are people who are called to prayer as 
ministry calling or a ministry gift. Not everyone is called to be that. We're, the world needs all sorts of people. They need serv- servant people and uh, evangelists and uh, and all of those. So that they shouldn't necessarily feel guilty because they don't spend hours and hours a day in prayer. We all should pray. But there are some people, and probably around about 15% of the Christian population, who are called to place prayer as a primary aspect of their ministry life. So they do spend more time than normal in prayer and do take it that much more seriously. Uh, And uh, uh, we should aim towards that but not feel guilty if if, uh, it's not part of the calling God has placed on us. Uh, we still pray, we still are devotional in our prayer, we still talk to God, and all of that, that's for every Christian. But there are a group of Christians who are called to a deeper walk in prayer, and that's who we call them intercessors, people who intercede on behalf of others. And that intercessor group, and uh, you know, you, you put a, a number on it, you say, oh, well, 15%. Uh, and, and so, you know, obviously that's a, uh, that's a estimate number. But yes. when you talk about that intercessor group, sometimes we talk about the prayer group in a local church being the engine room of the local church. Uh, you might not even be as connected. You might be even isolated right now, but you're seeing that gift of prayer, that 15% of Christian believers who have this deeper intercessory gift. Is there a sense, Brian, that you could consider yourself part of the engine room of the prayers that keep Australia afloat? Is that a relevant way to talk about those things? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, those people who, uh, who join us uh, in our national 24-hour prayer watch uh, there are now several thousand of people who are involved in that 24-hour prayer watch. Uh, they are actually the engine room of prayer for our nation. Uh, they're not the only ones praying for our nation, of course, but they have made a commitment. Uh, they pray for at least one hour a week. Some of them do it for more than one hour a week. Some of them do it one hour a day. Um, and, and we feed them with, uh, with resource material to know what to pray for, underlying issues that may not necessarily come out in the press that we know about. Uh, and so we, we, we look on those as the engine room of our network because, uh, again, it's only about 15% of our total network who are involved in the national 24-hour prayer watch. Many people uh, are part of our network to, to get, get the news and the resources to enable them to pray in their own personal devotion to, uh, life. Um, but only about 15% of our membership make on that commitment of one hour a week or or more uh, to actually pray into the issues that we share with them, plus the others that the Lord lays on their heart. Brian, what's your take on local churches and prayer? Uh, I'm almost uh, guaranteed in my thinking that a lot of pastors will be saying, I wish our prayer group was twice the size and twice as passionate. Uh, What's your take on local churches and the thought that you could be involved in your local church prayer ministry? There's a lot of room for growth. Uh, One of the reasons that, uh, that there's not a lot of prayer or or there could be more prayer in local churches, is I don't think there's a lot of teaching that is given in the local church on prayer. It's assumed that people know how to pray. It's assumed that uh, you learn how to pray when you're a child and you just continue to grow in that uh, without getting fresh understanding, fresh revelation, fresh understanding of Scripture and so forth. So it's not taught. So there are many people, I believe, in churches who are lying dormant as a resource because 
they are probably called to a deeper level of prayer, but the opportunity isn't given to them and the teaching isn't given to them. So many of them come to places like our, our ministry, which is a, what they call a parachurch ministry, and we try to equip them and send them back into the local churches. Um, but then often, uh, unless the, uh, the pastors and the elders of the church have a focus on prayer themselves, uh, they don't give the opportunity that many people are looking for uh, in the local church to, to pray at the level that we're talking about. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, what a wonderful initiative, the Australian Prayer Network. It's been going for decades. You can connect with them at ozpraynet.org.au. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking prayer. How deep do you want to go? Because we can go as deep as you want to go on all sorts of dimensions of prayer today with Brian Pickering. Brian, let me ask you about local churches and prayer meetings for a few moments because, you know, some people avoid the prayer meeting like the plague. Um, People have different expectations about prayer meetings. What are your thoughts on what the prayer meeting should look like in a local church? That's very, very important. Um, uh, Prayer meetings uh, sometimes can be very fulfilling and sometimes can be very boring. And unless you know how to conduct a prayer meeting, uh, they quickly fall into everyone just praying their own uh, agenda or their own heart's desire uh, instead of seeking the Lord's. So why prayer meetings go off the rail is that when people come, they don't prepare for a prayer meeting. They don't uh, spend time with the Lord, getting themselves right with him. They don't ask him what they should be uh, praying that night. They just simply come and start speaking out what's ever in their heart or what's ever in their mind. So you get a prayer meeting that doesn't flow. It goes off in all directions. One person will take it off in one direction. The next person will pray and take it off in the next direction. And by the end of the night, you may have prayed for 15 different subjects, but not at any depth and not at, uh, with any meaning. The secret to, a, to a, a good prayer meeting begins with the leadership. So the leaders of prayer should be people who are called by God to be that. They have a calling on their life to give leadership. And they should spend as much time preparing for that prayer meeting as they expect their pastor to prepare for his Sunday morning sermon. So they should give give a couple of hours a week, at least two or three or three or four hours a week, seeking the Lord about next week's prayer meeting that they're going to have, the direction of it and whatever. And, uh, and the people who attend should have confidence in their leadership so that they, at the beginning, set out the agenda for tonight. Tonight, we're going to pray for this. We're going to pray for our Sunday school. Or we're going to pray for our youth ministry or whatever. Uh, and so the leader begins the prayer meeting by praying what they believe God has put on their heart. The others in the room listen to that and they pick up from where that first person left off and they pick up a point that they made in their prayer meeting, in their prayer, and they begin to pray that. And the third person likewise listens to the person ahead of them. When that happens, you get a meeting that flows. It goes deeper onto the, in the subject, and it flows because everyone is flowing from the person in front. Most people don't listen to what the other people are praying. All they're worried about is what they're going to say when they pray. And that's where you get a jolted prayer meeting 
and that's why people won't come back because it has no uh, meaning or emphasis. But if you get a, a, a prayer meeting that's flowing, everyone's listening to each other, supporting one another, taking what someone else has prayed and adding to their contribution to that. By the end of the night, you reach your destination and everyone says, wasn't that a great prayer meeting? I'll be back next week. Well, there might be a few who are thinking I could send this podcast conversation to some of the leaders in our church and uh, we'll have a podcast of this conversation up a little later on this afternoon. Let's take a call. Anne is in Labrador. I hope we've got you this time, Anne. Yes, I got knocked off. Um, thank you for your message in your prayer meeting. I'm I'm actually involved in a prayer meeting on Wednesday morning. There's about three of us together, and then I'm also involved in the tree prayer meeting for our church, and it's very interesting. And thank you for the fact about that thing that you just said about leaders and getting together. But I also know that sometimes that can um, uh, be also uh, very, very um uh, dead centre sort of thing so I just think sometimes that that is good but sometimes I think we have other things that are really interesting and come come to the prayer meeting to give uh, that aspect because sometimes the prayer uh, thing wouldn't know about that. I know you think that and I think it's good to have that but I think sometimes that can be rigided to you know um, to that as well. And, and what and I, I think you what I think you're saying here is that uh, yes. you've got to be careful that you don't go the other way and uh, so one person becomes a controlling influence over the prayer meeting. What you're saying here yes. is everyone has contribution. Yes. Brian, your thoughts yes. for yes. Anne on, on that? Yeah. Uh, yes, it does. It does come down to personalities, and uh, uh, and it does depend on the quality of leadership that is given. A good leader, of course, doesn't dominate. A good leader encourages others to contribute. Uh, but in my role, in my uh, talking about a leadership, I'm just talking about them giving a sense of direction. Uh, it doesn't mean that other people can't raise the subjects. Uh, so it comes down to personality, comes down to people, uh, how much control is, is exercised. Uh, I'm hoping that in, the, in a good prayer meeting, there isn't control. There is more releasing uh, and equipping uh, and encouraging. Um, but the important thing is that that people flow together in prayer rather than keep going off at tangents in all different directions. That's what makes a good prayer meeting, when people flow together in the prayer meeting rather than just praying their own their own uh, thoughts. Anne, I still got Anne. You had also, more. Our church is also... Yeah, I've got Anne. Hello? Yep, yep. Oh. Anne, what, what, you had some um, more to add. Yeah, I got... I'm actually doing... We're act, our church is actually doing a 21-day uh, fast and praying um, at this moment, yeah, so four squares. Um, yeah, so we're actually doing that. So we get more people doing this than we get coming to our prayer meetings on the Wednesday morning because they reckon it was too early. So at least we've got some people at this time signing up and doing this, which I am grateful that that, that is happening. Yeah. And great thought. And to be able to raise that this time of year, because a lot of churches do this this time of year, early in the year, sometimes at mid-year too, some sort of a 21-day initiative. And yes, people do capture a hold of the vision for that and they get involved in it, even though they don't turn up to the regular weekly prayer meeting. Your thoughts here? Here, Brian. Yeah, well, I, I guess they feel more comfortable in, in praying on their own because they've, uh, in a sense, got control of that time frame uh, that they're praying rather than having to get dressed and go down to some other place and then meet with other people who may not necessarily uh, engage in prayer in the same way they do. 
So some people do feel more comfortable in praying in their closet, as it were, uh, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Um, but there is power, I, th- I believe, when we do come together physically. There's something about being in the same location as other people. Uh, there's, an, there's a, an interaction, a human interaction that occurs that is also very powerful. So I wouldn't give up on the corporate prayer meetings, but there's certainly a room for uh, prayer meetings where it's done in the home and people will pass on from one to the other. And Brian, before we get back into uh, some of the issues around prayer, take us into these schools of intercession that you're running. You've got the first ones coming up at the end of March, uh, but what happens in these schools of intercession? Yeah, these have been going now for 10 years, so... uh, um, some 16,000 people have uh, done the course uh, and been trained up uh, in, in prayer. Um, there are over two days, um, Friday and a Saturday, uh, all day Friday, all day Saturday, no night meetings. Um, and you can catch up with uh, one of those somewhere in Australia over the next 12 months. Um, you can go to our website at www.ozprayernet.org.au and the Oz is A-U-S. Um, so there are eight sessions in an intermediate school and eight sessions in an advanced school. Uh, there are six in a foundation-level school. Um, and we teach on various aspects. Uh, foundation school is on the foundation of prayer and so forth. Uh, intermediates, uh, uh, the next one, then advanced for people who are truly wanting to uh, use prayer as, a, as an agent of change in nations and cities and so forth. Um, and so those sessions last about an hour, hour and a half uh, and go right through those two days. And at the end of it, people are... Uh, uh, ecstatic about uh, what they've learnt and uh, looking forward to putting it in practice. And so the first of those for the year coming up 17th to the 18th of March and that's an intermediate school at Redlands in Queensland. Then you've got successive yes. schools coming in Newcastle, in Epping, New South Wales, the Gold Coast in Queensland, Dubbo in New South Wales, Mount Barker in South Australia, Mandurah in WA and South Perth in WA. Uh, those dates you'll be able to get a hold of on that website ozprayernet.org.a you and this is the interesting thing as we mentioned those schools brian because if you want to move from being the almost non-praying believer who just turns up and warms the pew on a sunday knows there's something much much deeper to their christian walk that they're not pursuing moving from being that sort of non-praying believer to being a prayer warrior no doubt you've seen this over the years Uh, people been transformed by doing some of these schools Yes, especially people who haven't understood the gifting that God has given to them. Uh, there are many people who uh, who come to a school uh, and when they leave it, they say, oh, finally I understand myself. Uh, or a husband might say, finally I understand my wife. I've never understood prayer in the way you've explained it. And and, and people who do move into uh, often into a, a whole deeper level are people who have have received the giftings and the callings but haven't had the encouragement to put it into practice. And when they come to a school, they suddenly discover that, hey, that's, that's, that's me. That's who I am. Uh, and they're the ones who really move from, from uh, A to right through to, to, the, to the highest levels because they suddenly discover who they are in Christ. And, and the gifts that God has given them and they begin to put them into practice and it makes such a change to their lives. 
So the penny drops, so to speak, and you begin to understand what prayer is and how it works. Now, when you're observing people who come along to your trainings, Brian, uh, what are you seeing in people as they're participating? And, you know, obviously you're opening scriptures, you're telling testimonies, you're uh, delivering stories and teaching about prayer. What's actually happening in the life of the, the person who's participating, testing the waters to see if this is for them? Well, you can actually see the, the transformation taking place with their face, uh, on their face. Uh, you can see the eyes beginning to, to grow larger uh, and you can see the smile coming onto their face and, uh, and you can see that they're really being impacted by uh, the truth that we're trying to convey to them. Uh, and so it, it often is a, a physical thing. Um, and then, of course, in a break at morning two or lunchtime, they come up to you and they say, you know, I've never heard you teaching like this. Why don't we hear this in our, in our churches and so forth? Uh, and so there, I'm sure there are many people out there who have a gifting and a calling in prayer that haven't been taught or haven't been challenged into the wider use of that gift. And so uh, it's not until they get challenged, it's not until they hear the teaching that we give, which is pure biblical teaching. It's nothing, we don't, we're not teaching anything outside of the, of the scriptures. Uh, they suddenly come alive and it takes on a whole new meaning for them. And I know I've spoken to you about this sometime in the past, and it might even be years ago. So worth covering again, the thought that if you're looking to participate, deepen your prayer experience, even to becoming some form of prayer warrior, you're not necessarily engaging in something that is a fun and exciting activity like playing a video game. It's not like that, is it? You actually are preparing for what might be a roller coaster of emotions, and some of that might be hard work. Yes, it can be very hard work. Uh, you don't go into it lightly, uh, and uh, you need to understand some of the pitfalls that you need to be aware of because when you're entering into uh, pr- uh, becoming a prayer warrior, you're actually engaging in spiritual warfare. So there is not just God, but there is an enemy on the other side who's trying to pull down what God is trying to do and pull down what you're trying to do. So you do get engaged in spiritual warfare. Uh, There's no need to be frightened of that if you are properly equipped. And we teach you how to be equipped so that you, uh, you, you, you can do that, what to do, what not to do, how to approach it and how not to approach it. And things like that. So, uh, you know, I would never encourage someone uh, just to uh, try to become a prayer warrior without being properly trained because there's a lot to know and a lot to learn. But once you know that and learn that, it can be, a, a, it can be an exciting ride. Uh, you know, I, I think of the 30 years that I've been in leading a prayer, the prayer movement, some of the things, you know, where God has taken us over the world and we've prayed on site with insight and so forth, it's exciting. Uh, but there are times, too, when it's challenging. And you've got to be aware of that when you begin the journey and you've got to be properly trained so that you don't um, you don't fall by the wayside when the first attack comes, comes against you. Now, this gets into deeper waters, doesn't it? Because not everyone who is a part of the church prayer meeting becomes the person who is the prayer ministry if there is someone who comes to you personally and is looking for prayer, and it might be deliverance prayer, and that starts to get into deeper and even for some murkier waters. And yet... Uh, this gift that is given and the fact, the fact that it's the Holy Spirit within who is the minister in 
the circumstance of prayer. Uh, he's the one who's doing that ministry. But you do have to be very cautious and, as you say, be well-trained for those times when there are spiritual and uh, even warfare-style encounters. That's right. And if you, if you go back to my further uh, number of 15%, if you have a, a, a church prayer meeting, just think of this. 85% of the people who are at that prayer meeting are simply people who engage with God at a personal level, sharing their hearts and with him and, and looking for that. It's only 15% who really want to go deeper into what we might call warfare. Now, it's those 15% who become very disillusioned if the prayer meeting doesn't go uh, to some depth and doesn't achieve anything. Uh, and it's that mix which you always will get in, in local churches because there's a whole spectrum of people who belong to local churches. Uh, and so even in a church prayer meeting, you've got some who want to go deeper and some who don't want to go deeper, and that causes a bit of friction within the prayer meeting, not necessarily open friction, but a sense of, well, this is not being doing what I want it to do for me. Uh, and a lot of people pull out because they're not satisfied with the, with the level at which the prayer meeting is being held. So in a sense, there should be a, a couple of levels where people can engage in prayer, uh, if you like, at the more surface level. Um, but there also needs to be a place where people who have a gift of intercession can express that uh, and not be held back by others who may think that's a bit, a bit too deep for me and I don't want to go there. Um, mixing them together uh, is good in one sense, but it, it holds things back in another sense. And you wouldn't ever want to get this thought that somehow or other your church prayer ministry happens on just one level for one hour on one night of the week because what you're talking about, Brian, is really specialised areas of prayer too that can extend into all sorts of different dimensions. And sometimes the prayer... Uh, really adjusts to the need. And uh, I guess if you're waiting for God uh, and hearing from him, you're going to be much more aware of the needs within your local church and within your wider community. That's right. And I, I guess that's why uh, organisations uh, or ministries such as ours exist. Because uh, in a church where you're trying to minister to a whole range of people, um, you know, you, you you don't want friction or people feeling as if uh, uh, they're wanting to go deeper and others are not. You, you've got to sort of cater for uh, for the middle ground, if you like. And, and while you're catering for the middle ground, those who want to go deeper uh, feel a little bit dissatisfied. So, so it's those kinds of people, I guess, who then link up with a ministry such as ours, which give them the opportunity to be able to pray for our nation, for instance which most local churches probably don't do. They, they give opportunity to pray for their church, uh, maybe even their local community. But not many churches hold prayer meetings for the nation, whereas uh, we do, and we encourage people to pray for the nation and the nations. And so, uh, so people can, uh, they, they join us so that they have the op- opportunity to express themselves at that deeper level, and that's, I guess, why we exist. And for people who... In opposition to the church, we try to encourage uh, participation back in church life and so forth, but um, most churches don't cater for people who want to pray for the nation or the nations. And in some sense, it just takes one person who's a part of your prayer group, uh, and just to, you know, a, a bit of a plug here for ozprayernet.org.au, the Australian Prayer Network, because 
I know because I receive these. Uh, there are some uh, subscription emails that you send out, uh, those prayer points that are really powerful for the nation and those that are international. So uh, you've got those coming out regularly so that people are equipped and so that there's some background, there's some information. You're gleaning information from even national and global headlines uh, as to how people might approach prayer for those particular issues. So, yes, uh, it can empower you to pray for your nation if you know how to pray and what issues there are that are confronting. I find, Brian, that a lot of people don't even know what's going on at all in the nation because they're only watching some sort of, uh, you know, uh, prime news network uh, news headlines and they're not even reporting on the issues that need our prayer. No, that's, that's true. Uh, and then you use the word subscription. Uh, it is true you need to subscribe, but there's no cost involved. There's no charge. People can just uh, uh, sign up for the newsletters and get them uh, sent out each week, two or three a week, uh, and it's completely free and there's no obligation uh, on anyone's part to, to do anything or belong to anything other than subscribe to the newsletters. It is free. Brian, let me ask you about different levels. You've talked about people who have a gift, people who recognise that their gift is a little bit different and you do a little training and you begin to move in different areas in prayer. You've got schools for beginners, intermediate and advanced levels of prayer. Uh, Is there a sort of a, a, a... pride badge that you can wear that I've done the advanced level training how do you actually uh, how do you think about uh, you know the beginners intermediate and advanced levels people obviously make their own choices to where they think they fit into the mix yeah, we, we, we always encourage people to do it right through um, but uh, that's not always uh, people aren't always able to do that uh, and because we've been going 10 years uh, there probably aren't as many foundation schools now because there's not quite the same demand as there were in earlier years. There's more intermediate and advanced levels. You don't have to have done a, a, a foundation level school to do the intermediate or advanced. So anyone listening to us today who wants to uh, hasn't done a school before and wants to, to, to start, they can go to Redlands in March and do the intermediate school um, and, and not, you know, that, that's fine. Um, uh, they can do the uh, uh, foundation school by, by MP3 or DVD. Um, so, uh, uh, so they will eventually go through the whole three, but we encourage people to go through the whole three. And when we started, we had a lot of people saying to us, oh, I know a lot about prayer, so I won't need to do the foundation. Uh, but then we said, no, you've got to start with the foundation. Uh, and when they've come to the foundation, they said, they say, oh, we've never heard anything like this before, even though they consider themselves advanced prayers. So it is important not to uh, to think of yourself more highly than, than perhaps you are and, and, to, and to humble yourself and go through the whole three, either by MP3, DVD or live schools. Brian, if you're a part of a prayer group and you think, well, I could do this, as Brian says, uh, you can do this sort of an online uh, or you can print it out and you can take this sort of beginner's foundations course. Uh, do people do that with their own prayer group so that you've got someone in the prayer group actually says, we can help take our prayer group to a new level and then all of a sudden you've got people at intermediate and even advanced levels of prayer because you've done something within your own local church prayer group. Uh, yes, right Right from the beginning we recognised that not everyone would be able to make live schools. Um, 
Uh, live schools, in fact, require uh, a minimum of 50 to do a foundation-level school and 70 or 80 to do an intermediate or an advanced. reason for that is that we bring speakers in from interstate. There's airfares, there's accommodation, there's meals and all sorts of things. So it costs several thousands of dollars to put on a school. We don't charge for those schools. It's a free will offering and people do, uh, do not... Uh, we, <coughs> pardon me. They don't have to um, pay to come. It's just a free will offering. Uh, but we knew right from the beginning that there would be people in remote areas, country areas, regional areas, even in cities, uh, who couldn't get to a face-to-face school but had a group of about five or ten people who meet in their homes and they'd like to do the school. Well, they can. They just need to write to us and say that they're a small home group or a small prayer group in their church and they would like to do the school. Uh, could they have uh, do a DVD school? And we've drawn up a kit, a leader's kit, which is sent out with the DVD. They can watch it at their leisure. They can take uh, longer than two days to do it. They can do one session a week for six weeks, and they can keep that uh, DVD until they're finished, and they send it back to us. Uh, And there's no charge for that. So we do cater for small home groups or small churches that want to do it by doing it by by the uh, DVD method. And so ozprayernet.org.au is going to be your reference point to be able to do something that with your local prayer group. Hey, Brian, having led these schools for 10 years, with the Australian Prayer Network having gone on for decades, uh, there must be stories that you've heard along the way of people who have learned to pray and it has really taken them into a, a place in their in their local church experience or in their prayer experience where they've been able to be very effective. Any stories you've got of, of people who really have gone through some of these schools and uh, and moved into uh, some uh, some effective areas? Yeah, well, I uh, one one of my favourites happened a few years ago when a, a man came to the uh, one of the schools with his wife. His wife was quite a seasoned uh, intercessor. And he sort of came along to accompany her. Didn't really understand prayer uh, and the way that uh, uh, we would have liked him to. Uh, and I remember him coming up at the end of the school and saying, I get it. I get it. I couldn't understand prayer before, but to be explained in such a way that I now know I get it and I understand how it works. And so his prayer life was transformed. He was able to join his wife, who was a, a seasoned intercessor. So uh, uh, that, that's one of my favourites. But just in the last uh, couple of weeks, I've, I've got a, 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 um, up in Mackay, uh, a church up there, did a, um, uh, a DVD school. And some of the comments that came out of that, one was mind-blowing. Uh, I said, Brian articulated the private world of prayer. What he said is what I do. He articulated my job description. And another one said, I feel validated. It was so encouraging. I have a sense of purpose now, a sense of belonging, and now I know how I fit into the big picture. So comments like that are, are so encouraging and so uh, uh, and show that people's lives are being transformed when they when they learn and understand prayer, which, as I said before, isn't taught the way it should be in our churches. Here we are at the beginning of the year in the sense that a lot of people are arriving back from a holiday, you know, kids are back at school, uh, back into uh, work life, uh, back into prayer life and uh, life in your local church. 
Is there something here, Brian, at this time of year that is important for people to be thinking about how they might take their prayer life to a new level? Uh, what do you, what's your encouragement uh, for people who are, who are thinking, uh, what's the, the clincher here, Brian, uh, to really move into something uh, that's going to take into a new level of effectiveness? Well, well, often in, in local churches, uh, at the beginning of a new year, uh, as, as we do in our individual lives, we make resolutions, we decide what we're going to do for the next 12 months. And, and uh, this is a, a time in the year when a lot of churches do encourage prayer. Uh, as uh, your earlier caller mentioned, they're in the midst of a 21 days of prayer and fasting. And a lot of churches begin the year with that. I'd encourage people to get involved with it, um, to go along and, and see what... Uh, uh, you know what happens uh, at their church's prayer meeting and, and become more involved in their church. But I also encourage them to have a look at our website, uh, see when these schools that are coming up this year are being held and, and if they're able to get to one, uh, I would encourage them to come and be part of that. But if they can't and they want to go deeper, they uh, write to us uh, and they uh, do it by DVD. And... Uh, um, that's another. That's the other option. So, so no one can, is is left out. No one need think that. Well, I can't do it because I'm in a, my situation doesn't isn't covered. Everyone's situation is covered, uh, and if people uh, haven't got enough people even to get a, a foundation school uh, DVD school, and they're only on their own, they can write to us and purchase the school from us. That's the only time we charge is when people keep and, and they get to keep that so they can listen to it over and over again. So um, they can do that as well. Well, Brian Pickering leads the Watchman Schools of Intercession and uh, that website, ozprayernet.org.au, ozprayernet.org.au and uh, you might be thinking I could fit into the foundations or that beginner's level or into the intermediate level, or into the advanced schools level, in those schools of intercession, you'll find dates for where those gatherings are going to be and how you can connect uh, even that free subscription to receive those email notifications about prayer points for Australia and prayer points internationally. You'll be able to get a hold of those at ozprayernet.org.au. Uh, Brian Pickering, always an important conversation with you, Brian. Uh, Always encouraging, always enlightening. And uh, it's also a challenge, too, uh, as we all think about where we fit in the prayer life of our local church and in the prayer life of our nation. Uh, Brian, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Always a pleasure, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.